Yeah, y'all, we got to start with the radar because it is a mess out there. Flash flood warnings, DeKalb, Fulton, Gwinnett, Green, Morgan, and Newton counties right now. The heaviest rain on the east side is just to the east of Redan by about two, three miles. Lakeview Estates getting clobbered there. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We will, for the next hour, let you, if you want to make your pitch for your candidate, as people are finally going to the polls, you can call in and make your last-minute case for Handler Ossoff. I will allow it. We're not, we didn't allow the candidates on these last couple of days because, you know, the FCC gets all finicky and equal time rules and everything else. And I, we had so many people asking to come on and, and the rules and regulations just made it easy to say no. But you, the listeners, although I suspect all of you are supporting Handel, um, nonetheless, it is election day. You know, I, I have one prediction. Who wins tonight? All of us, because we won't have to listen to these ads tomorrow. Praise Jesus. Do you know, throughout the 6th District, I've seen a number of pictures of people who have put up signs on their doors, on their mailboxes, uh, in their yards saying, stay away, door knockers, don't come, we've already voted, don't bother me. And good for them. Now, let me jump back to radar real quick because a new thunderstorm is firing up uh, just north of Dallas. Very heavy, although it's headed to the north very slowly. Uh, There's also an intensifying bit of rain uh, right over the 285 I-20 intersection on the west side of the city. Uh, Really heavy right there. If you're headed out to the west side right now over the I-20, I-285 connection all the way 275 of the connector really heavy rain right now over i-20 and that goes out all the way to the alabama line if you're on i-20 to the east you're going to have rain all the way to south carolina and now there's stronger stuff coming in on the south side noonan east noonan sharpsburg tyrone fayetteville peachtree city you're going to be getting clocked here in just a few minutes and Carrollton's in for another wave had a ton of rain over there already for the last several days the lake at my in-laws house is just growing and then down at mcdonough uh you are getting rain locust grove you're about to get more heavy rain it's just really really busy rain out there the entire listening area up until you get north of the 575 75 split uh got a lot of rain wherever you are so basically if you can hear me right now it's probably raining so what's going to happen today well it, it depends on turnout and turnout is clearly going to be affected by the rain And the Republicans are actually the ones this time hoping for the clear skies. One small advantageous bit of weather for the Republicans is that the heaviest, nastiest bit of this weather has been on the south end of the 7th District. The northern part of the 7th District, which is the more Republican area of the district, has actually been spared a lot of the nasty rain today. The the Milton-Johns Creek area up there headed towards Cherokee County, it's been lighter up in that area than it has down on the south side uh, of the district. So keep that in mind. You know, you got that little wing that stretches over towards Doraville, Tucker. That's where a lot of the really heavy stuff has been today. 
Now, of course, the Democrats will say if, if Ossoff loses, it was weather related. But I, I don't think either side can really complain about the weather when they've banked so much of the vote on early voting. Now, here's a number I've seen floated around um, by so-called experts. And who knows? The number I've seen is 57.2%. If Ossoff, in his early vote, gets more than 57.2%, then he probably has won. If he gets less than 57.2%, he's probably lost. If he gets below 52% of the early vote, then Handel more likely than not wins. Uh, it, it is it's it's a strange way. Now he, here's the other thing that you need to know um, is that the early voting has largely balanced out, and that's to be expected. There were a lot of Republicans who did not vote in the first round of this special election. Because there were so many Republican candidates, and they just didn't know who to vote for. They couldn't make up their mind. So they sat it out. They decided they would deal with it now. This is their general election. Uh, They are coming out to vote. The thing here, though, is that Ossoff really was able to persuade some Republicans to vote for him. And it's there in the data. It's there in the polling that there were some Republicans who were willing to vote for him because they wanted to send the president a message. They wanted to rebuke the president, and and they're, they're essentially taking down, they, they want to vote against Karen Handel to punish the president. It has nothing to do with Handel. And that's going to be interesting to watch. I will tell you that there's something else that no one's talking about, and I wouldn't have thought of it, other than Liam Donovan on Twitter, who I follow, made a very good point. You know there's another special election today. The South Carolina Five race. The South Carolina Five race is not in contention. No one expects the Democrat to win the South Carolina Five race. So why is it so important to see if in a race where no one expects the Democrat to win, where the Democrat more likely than not is not going to win and has no chance of winning, do the Democrats still turn out in mass? Because if in a race like that, a race that's been off the radar, a race that hasn't gotten any money, a race that no one's paid attention to, a race that nobody is talking about, if the Democrats still show up in mass in South Carolina 5, we know they're going to in Georgia 6. But if they do it in South Carolina 5, a solidly Republican district, and they show up in large numbers, there's your real warning sign for Republicans. You see, there's only so much you can take out of special elections. The Democrats, of course, if Ossoff wins, they're going to want to extrapolate everything good for themselves out of it. And if he loses, the Republicans want to extrapolate everything good for themselves out of Handel's win. There's only so much you can take out of it. You see, this is an anomalous race because you can't sustain $60 million per congressional district. There are 435 of them. You can't do it financially. The Democrats can't spend $25 million per congressional district in this country to be able to take back Congress. Even if they only need 24 of them, they can't spend that much money. So this is an anomaly. Even if he wins, it's an anomaly. But it is the passion of the Democratic voters right now that everybody's paying attention to. Do they show up 
in Georgia 6 and cause Republicans to go down to a 23-seat majority in the House? Do they show up in South Carolina 5 where they're not going to win but still make themselves known in an off-year election? It is the level of enthusiasm that's worth watching on both sides. It's also one reason I wonder if all this impeachment talk by the Democrats might long-term work to their disadvantage. Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic, plus WSB's Eric Erickson. Atlanta's Evening News, sponsored by Comcast Business. This is WSB. It is 25 after the hour. The rain is just still miserable out there right now from noon and up 85 all the way to the airport. You've got a real heavy band of showers that have developed and really that just extends all the way from one end of 85 all the way up to well, the South Carolina line. I-20 from Alabama to South Carolina, you got rain and on I-75. You got rain from Cartersville all the way down to Macon. Um, It is just, it's a lot of rain inside the perimeter right now. My goodness, where is it? I can't even see it. There's so much red and orange and yellow on the radar. Basically, the entirety of the perimeter inside, you've got rain. It's thinned out in the Sandy Springs area right now. The northern part of the uh, 6th District, uh, Roswell, Sandy Springs, the Alpharetta, Johns Creek, Berkeley Lake area, you are largely, the rain is thinned out in that area. It's still very heavy uh, in the Tucker area. Uh, down there, the, the bottom part of the district, you've got a flash flood warning still in effect for DeKalb, Fulton, and Gwinnett County. So just be safe out there. Um, let's go to the phones right now, shall we? Let's go to Richard and Alpharetta. Richard, welcome to the program today. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thank you. I hope you are. I am. I am convinced that Karen's going to do okay tonight because I have never been shy about answering a phone call. And I have probably voted Sharon on the phone 15 or 20 times. (laughs) Do you know I'm getting them on my cell phone and I don't even live in the district? Wow. Yeah, it it is. It is absurd. And, you know, so I'm glad you said that, Richard, because one of the things I have heard so many times in the last week is the number of people who have gotten knocks on their door from John Ossoff and his campaign, and they're Republicans, and he's spreading his net so wide, he's reminded a bunch of Republicans there was an election today. And I wonder if if they, they got so cocky with all the money, I wonder if that actually hurts him to a degree. There, there's something to be said for that. When you go and you knock on so many doors... And you're see, you know, believe it or not, you can get a list from the secretary of state's office. It puts everybody in postal order. So you see them just like the mail delivers. And it tells you whether they're hard or soft Republican or Democrat and the hard or soft is depending on whether they vote in primaries or not. And uh, whether they're affiliated, how often they engage, which political party. And you can go knock. He's knocking on everybody's door. And I wonder if that actually is overwhelming people. I don't know. I mean, normally it would be an effective strategy. We'll see. We'll be right back, folks. It is 540 and rain, rain galore. It is starting to clear out, though, of the 
6th Congressional District. You've got another hour, 20 minutes to go to the polls. I, I got to give Bortz credit because he called it. He called it in this morning, maybe 8 o'clock this morning. As I was going on with Scott Slade, Bortz tweeted out that before noon, a federal court would allow voting precincts to stay open in John Ossoff's territory of the district. And sure enough... They're having technical difficulties, and John Ossoff's voting precincts get to stay open longer by 30 minutes. There, you, It always happens for the Democrats that way, that they, they their voting precincts get to stay open a little longer because they have some technicality that has to give them extra time to vote. Oh, boy. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go back to the phones. Tyler and Marietta, welcome. Uh, hi, Aaron. Hi. So, um, I have a question about uh, why the election is so important, like this one. If John Ossoff wins, no matter what, we still have a majority. Why mm-hmm. is this getting such coverage in <laughs> Because the Democrats have convinced themselves that uh, Ossoff winning this district, since it belonged to Tom Price, would be a personal rebuke to the president. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's disappointing. Yeah, that that's that's the entire reason. That's it. There is no other reason that this race is so important. It normally would not be if Donald Trump were pre- let's say if Mike Pence were president. If Mike Pence were president, we probably wouldn't be. Well, yeah, maybe the left is so unhinged. Maybe we would. But that's really it. I mean, look at South Carolina five. There's no contest there. See, the the big issue here with this race is that this is the sort of district that the Democrats have to win to take back Congress. And if they can pull this off tonight, they're going to think to themselves that, that they've got momentum on their side. And the media is going to play that way. The media is not going to play this as a Karen Handel loss. The media would play this as a Donald Trump rebuke that the voters have turned against the president. This is a clear warning sign for Republicans, and there are warning signs for Republicans. Don't get me wrong, there really are. But special elections are special elections. They are anomalous. You're not going to see another district have $60 million pour into it. You're just, you're not. Financially, they can't do it. But that's that's where we are right now. This is all this entire race is symbolism more than anything else, one way or the other. And, you know, I'm willing to make a prediction. I'm willing to predict that if John Ossoff were to pull this off tonight, his victory will get more new cycle coverage than the shooting in Washington got last week. That's my prediction. Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. David and Marietta, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just want to express one point on this referendum on Trump issue. I am a lifelong Republican. I'm a resident of the 6th District. And for me, anyway, I'm not speaking for anybody but me, this is not a referendum on Donald Trump. It is a referendum on my elected officials, former Congressman Price, current Senator Purdue, and current Senator Johnny Isaac. And, and the, the issue that I have, quite simply, is after two years of writing on a material issue, I cannot get a response from any of these people's offices. Not go away, drop dead, 
yeah, you got a point, nothing. And in my opinion, when you lose touch with your constituency, that's your basic responsibility. Yeah, that it is your basic responsibility. You're absolutely right. It is. Um, and I guess one of the questions you're you going to ask yourself if you're on the fence in this election is, uh, if you do have a concern with a m- member of Congress, if you do need somebody to do something in Congress, uh, who's more likely to be able to get it done for you, someone in the majority or someone in the minority? And, well, if you got Ossoff, uh, he's going to be in the minority. It is 5.55. I, <laughs> I got to tell you guys, I have had to just make a point to stop looking at my phone uh, until we get to commercial break. And normally I glance over because if there's a breaking news alert or something, I want to see it. But I, so many of you now, I, I just interact with the show and either have my cell phone or direct message on Twitter and all of the things that you want me to say come out as I'm talking um, from you need to tell people to turn their headlights on to you need to tell people they can still go vote until seven o'clock. You have a, I did mention that earlier on and on the list goes. And are you going to talk about the Wonder Woman story? <laughs> Uh, Speaking of the Wonder Woman story, there's outrage among the social justice warriors that uh, Gal Gadot only made $300,000 playing Wonder Woman and that allegedly Henry Cavill made $13 million or $14 million playing Superman. That's not actually true. His net worth is $14 million. Therefore, he could not have made $14 million playing Superman. In fact, he didn't. You know, you want a better perspective. Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, has made $300,000 per film, per Avengers film, which is on par with Gal Gadot. And Chris Evans was a more established actor um, before taking the part, but they just, they want to be upset about everything. And now listen, they didn't even like wonder woman. They didn't like her because she shaved her armpits. So she wasn't a true feminist. They didn't like her because she was, was too hot. They, they didn't like her because of all these things. And, and now suddenly they want to take up for her because she didn't make enough money. I thought these people didn't like rich people. They want her to be rich. And then they want to tax her to death. What a ridiculous thing to be outraged by. What a a genuinely crazy, dumb thing to be outraged by. When we come back, I want to talk about special elections in Georgia, because I, I think we should all be able to agree after this mess that we have been subjected to, that we need to rethink how we do elections in Georgia. There is some interesting, startling data out there that will put in perspective for you just how bad the situation is in Georgia when it comes to runoffs and special elections. It's 610. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Welcome to the program. We still got a flash flood warning in effect for DeKalb, Fulton, and Gwinnett counties. Um, The 6th Congressional District, it's starting to clear out. Can we talk 
about this runoff in Georgia. Listen, the reason that Georgia had this runoff is the Obama administration insisted that elections be scheduled in such a way that military voters could get ballots. And then Georgia argued that, well, if we're going to do it this way for the election, well, we got to do it for the runoff in that way as well. And we got to be able to give military ballots that way. The problem is that they it opened themselves up to a lawsuit where Democrats argued successfully the Republicans didn't bother to appeal it, and they should have but argued that, well, this is a new election, so you need to be able to allow more people to register to vote. A runoff's just an extension of the, the first round of the election, but the federal judge bought their argument, and they had to extend registration. They dragged this thing out for so long, Georgia needs to rethink how it does primaries and runoffs and general elections and runoffs and special elections and runoffs they need to figure this out. This race lasted far longer than it should have. Matt Ford, who writes for The Atlantic, just tweeted this out a few minutes ago. Between the Georgia 6 primary and the Georgia 6 runoff, France held both rounds of its presidential election and then both rounds of its parliamentary elections. During the time that we were deciding between Ossoff and Handel, France did all of their national elections. Think about that for a minute. How long this election lasted. How long you have been subjected to the ads. How long you have been objected objected to the mail. How long you have been subjected to the phone calls. How long you have been subjected to the people showing up at your house, knocking on your door because of your legislature screwing up the schedule for elections in Georgia. I hope those legislators who live in the 6th Congressional District will educate the rest of their members on what a disaster, what a mess, what a just ungodly slog this was for the voters. Greg Bluestein uh, tweeted out just a while ago, and th- this I find this hilarious. Greg Bluestein with the AJC tweeting this out. John Ossoff raised, what, $29 million dollars? He has millions. He couldn't spend all of his money. He raised so much money. He's got a cash bar at his victory party tonight. Is that not just so typical of Democrats? The people who donate to you, you expect them to pony up even more? (laughs) I mean, Democrats expect taxpayers to shell out even more. John Ossoff wants his donors to shell out for their beer tonight. And it doesn't even look like it's a very fancy selection. Let's see. I see... Uh, Heineken, Amstel, Corona, Bud Light, Ultra, uh, Mick Ultra, and, and, and there, there's not even any craft beer there. Oh, and there's a Miller Light. There's, there's not even any Georgia craft beers. Do you know how many breweries are in the sixth congressional district, and he's not even serving any of their beer at his, at his? Oh, well, that he doesn't know about any of them because he doesn't live there. That's right. I forgot about that. Speaking of, you got 45 minutes to go vote unless you live in Ossoff's territory. Then a federal judge is giving you an extra 30 minutes to try to steal it. <laughs> we will fight. Listen, it's going to be a long night here at WSB. We're going to be on radio all night long talking about this race. Why? Because Fulton County is involved. And when Fulton County is involved, 
everything gets screwed up. The Fulton County Board of Elections in my lifetime has never conducted an election that did not in some way get screwed up in the tabulation. I mean, I moved to Georgia in 93, been here for more than 20 years, was actively involved in politics since that time, and I have never seen Fulton County carry out an election without screwing it up. Cobb can do it. Gwinnett can do it. Cherokee can do it. You name it. Forsyth can do it. Fulton, no, 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 no. There's got to be drama when it comes to the Fulton County Board of Elections. You know, same down in middle Georgia, I do have to say, I lived in Macon. The, the Board of Elections down there cannot do an election without screwing it up. It's like it, there, there are so many similarities between Atlanta and Macon and how their local politics is so screwed up, and it's reflected in their Board of Elections. It really is a disaster. But this whole runoff thing, having taken this long, it did not have to be this way. And you need to tell your legislature, because any of us, if, if the president uh, appointed any other Republican, it would have happened to you in your district if you're not in the sixth. The state legislature needs to fix this. This was uncalled for. Uh, Democrats and Republicans alike may not agree on a lot, but they both agree that this election was too long. This runoff period was too long. And it was. It was much too long. It was unneeded. Uh, and there was a lot of money wasted. And uh, you know who's actually going to be most thankful that this election is over? From a business perspective, uh, local TV and radio stations are going to be extremely happy this is over. Uh, I have gotten so many complaints from people asking why I'm running during my, as if I had a choice to begin with, uh, why I'm running John Ossoff commercials. Um, I don't have a choice. Uh, no local TV or radio station has a choice if a federal candidate's ads have to be run and they got to be run at the lowest rate so your local media in georgia contrary to popular opinion is not making gangbusters off this election they're having to turn down higher paid ads to run all of john ossoff's garbage and it just everyone's ready for this thing to be over everybody's got to be ready for it to be over and it will be in 42 minutes the interminable runoff of the Georgia Six is coming to an end, and then we will begin the unyielding, seemingly never-ending coverage here on WSB of the election. When we come back, though, we got to shift gears. Was the USS Fitzgerald hit by a cargo ship in a terrorist attack? It's a question investigators are now looking into seriously. 25 after the hour, the flash flood war warnings continue in effect for DeKalb, Fulton, and Gwinnett County as rain is starting to thin out now inside the perimeter. Starting at 7 o'clock, we're going to have ongoing coverage here of the 6th Congressional District Special Election. I'm also going to be doing Facebook Live at the Resurgence Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the resurgent, a uh, group of the resurgent writers getting together for a uh, Facebook Live uh, video feed. Uh, to cover the district uh, should be a good time there as well if you want to check that out you can also subscribe to the daily email i'll have full coverage in the morning of this 
Um, the daily email I send out, if you want to text WSB to 444-999. One thing I do, we've still got more to cover. i got to get into this USS Fitzgerald story. It's just we don't have time on the clock here. So when we come back, I want to give you the details. It is more than a little bit concerning. The new story about what's happening with the USS Fitzgerald and the investigation because the shipping company seems to be changing its story all of a sudden and the time has changed, although that part seems to be natural. When we come back, I want to delve into that uh, and the latest news of the what the Russians are doing to us in Syria. Uh, There's more. But right now, let me just tell you this. On October 3rd. Before You Wake comes out, I am doing the final proof edits right now. I have to actually do them on paper, which is fascinating to me. I have to go line by line, page by page, and fix any typos and spelling errors I find. Uh, Many of you have asked over the years since I've been doing the show for a cookbook. Maybe we're going to have to go back up to the Publix, uh, up in Alpharetta, and and do another cooking demonstration after the cookbook, after the book comes out, because it's not completely a cookbook. But it also is a cookbook. Um, it, you know, the, the whole concept of this book is if I were to keel over tonight, the things I would want my kids to know, the values I would want them to have, the belief systems that I hope they would appreciate, why their dad believes God's real, um, how they need to relate to each other, but also all their favorite recipes, which are many of the recipes I've talked about on this program from making my gravy to the turkey at thanksgiving to cooking breakfast with cinnamon rolls to making my gumbo it's all there if you want the book if you want to pre-order it text the word wake w-a-k-e to 444-999 when we come back the uss fitzgerald It is 6.40. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Thanks for joining me. We've got 20 minutes until the polls close in the 6th Congressional District. So you've still got time to go vote out there. And this race is going to come down to turn off. The final polls in this race have absolutely everything tied. The, the polling margin is tied. It is a very, very tight race. And the handle campaign thinks that they have fairly well evened out early voting uh, with the Ossoff campaign. And they think that their Republican voters were more likely to turn out today in the weather. We will see whether or not they have made the right calculations. Uh, It's going to be a while tonight, just so you know. And keep in mind that the early vote is going to come in. A number of political experts have said you need to look at uh, the margin of early voting. If Ossoff gets over 57%, the odds of him winning are extremely, extremely high. If he gets below uh, 52% or lower, the odds of him winning are extremely low. Between 52 and 57, uh, the closer to 57 it gets, uh, the more likely it is he wins the closer to 52 it is the more likely handle wins uh that that's the best they can do as far as estimates go and early voting will be the vote they count first a number of uh ossoff supporters it seems like the overwhelming majority of them they actually went in this go round for um mailing in absentee ballots we'll see now i want to turn the attention to the uss fitzgerald there's a tragedy off the coast of japan 
where uh, an Aegis-class destroyer, the USS Fitzgerald, was uh, hit by a container ship, a cargo container ship. What is disturbing about this case is that, uh, first of all, let's get with what's not disturbing. The incident happened at about 1.30 in the morning. It was originally reported as happening around 2.30, 2.45 in the morning. The reason for the discrepancy thus far, according to investigators and the people who have looked into this, is they were so busy doing damage assessment, damage control, and rescue uh, that they didn't have time to file, look at their watch and say, oh, it happened at 1.30. They, they walked it back upon review. Seven sailors lost their lives some of them may very well have not even had a chance to get out of bed to help one of the things you need to know about the navy and sailors is they're all trained to serve uh, as the fire department and they are trained to go in and they know they may not come back out they're the only ones there they have to do the damage control. They have to do the damage assessment. They have to do the repairs. That's the Navy. And whether these individuals, seven individuals, ran in to help or were trapped because it, it hit the area where they bunked, we don't know yet. But what appears to have happened based on radar and based on the early assessments is that the cargo ship that hit the USS Fitzgerald sailed past it and then turned 180 degrees and came back and ran it, rammed it on the port side at the point of the ship where the sailor slept. If that happened, and again, this is early and they're investigating it, but that's what the, uh, the early reports are, something was up. It could also be that there was just a, a calamitous event, that, that there were accidents all around. I, I talked to a guy who was on a ship that had something very similar happen, and it was the container ship had lost radar, had lost the ability to signal, had had, had an electrical uh, problems, and the naval vessel kept trying and trying and trying to help and couldn't get out of the way in time because he was also in the process of refueling another ship. It's not the case here. We'll find out. But keep your eye on the story. Don't let this story disappear. Did that container ship actually turn 180 degrees and come back? If so, this story is really, really just getting started. Now, one other thing I want to talk about before we go to commercial is Otto Warmbier, who is dead after being in the hands of the North Koreans. I, I got to tell you, I, I want to step back from the awfulness of North Korea, and in addition to saying we need to do something, we should not leave his death unavenged. I would like to just note the awfulness of the social justice warriors on the left, who in Salon.com, in other publications, in Huffington Post, were running stories that white privilege caught up with the frat boy. In addition to them buying the narrative of the North Koreans, ooh, ooh, the North Koreans are a bunch of dictatorial, ruthless, atheist tyrants. The fact that these left-wing publications would take the word of the North Koreans over anyone else's word to begin with is horrifying. But secondly, to make the case that this guy got what he deserved that the social justice warriors 
are are somehow cheering this on as lesson learned. Other Americans ought to pay attention. It's horrifying. I had a conversation with Dennis Prager the other day. We're, we're going to bring on Dennis Prager later in the week. He and Adam Carolla are doing a, a movie called No Safe Spaces. And we were talking about this, the propensity of the social justice warrior left now to be opposed to Western values, to side with the ruthless dictatorial regimes that would gladly kill them because they've become so indoctrinated on college campuses that they hate the West. They hate Western values. They hate Christianity. They hate the United States. We had a real problem in this country. And look no further than the people cheering on the brutal torturous death of Otto Warmbier by a monstrous regime that starves to death its own people. 56 after the hour, remember the flash flood warning, not a watch, but a warning is still in effect for DeKalb, Fulton, and Gwinnett counties. Um, You've got uh, DeKalb and Gwinnett for the next three hours and Fulton for the next 20 minutes or so. Rain mostly cleared out on the north side of the city now to the east of 85. South of I-20, though, regardless of where you are in the state, you've got rain as that moisture comes up off the Gulf of Mexico due to that tropical storm. So uh, stay here with WSB and Kurt Mellish and the Storm Center as we monitor this. And again, if you want to pre-order my book, I'll send you a Text you links to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your choice. Text the word WAKE to 444-999. You'll get a text back from a different number asking for your email address. And when you send it in, I'll send you links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can take your pick of those two to go order before you wake. And I will see you, well, in just about 20 minutes with more on the election.